Masechet Chagiga Daf Chaf Dalid. Today we're going to be dealing with uh, number seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Uh, the last uh, few items on the in the list of the Mishnah. The Mishnah was listing uh, ways in which Kodesh is more stringent than Terumah. It's more susceptible to Tumah because it's on a holier level. So uh, the seventh item, uh, there was eleven items altogether. The seventh item on the list taught that if you have uh, two or more pieces of Kodesh in a vessel, even if they're not touching each other, the vessel combines them so that if someone Tameh touches one, all of them become Tameh. The same would be true if it's uh, something made out of particles uh, like uh, Ketoret and it's in a pile. Each particle is its own thing. So if it's Teduma and someone touches uh, one part of it, the rest of it is tahor. It does not transfer from one particle to the other. Uh, but if it's kodesh, then if someone touches one part of the pile, then it transfers into all of the particles if it's in a, a vessel because the vessel combines them. Right now we're going to ask, first we're going to say this law is a deoraita law, and then we're going to see a second opinion that says it is a dirabanan. So we start, it's actually 23b on the bottom. A vessel combines all the pieces that are within it if it's Kodesh, but we do not have the stringency for Tiruma. What's the source? So remember his name, we're going to see him again. This pasuk is regarding the Nisi'im, the heads of the, uh, the Shevatim. They each brought gifts uh, to the Mishkan at its inauguration. And one of the items they brought was a golden pan that was worth 10 shekel. And in the pan, it was, the pan was full of incense. Now, there's an extra word here. Kaf is a singular noun. So you could have said kaf asara zahav. I would have known that it's one kaf. Why do you have to tell me the extra word kaf ahat? Uh, and the answer is because it teaches us this very law that if you have something like Ketoret, something that is holy, that is that is burnt on the Mizbeach, uh, and it's in, and it requires to be required to be in a vessel, then that vessel combines everything in it to make it all one. But you see, the context here is something that is Kodesh. Ketoret is Kodesh. It's burned on the Mizbeach. So therefore, we know that this applies to Kodesh. It does not apply to other things uh, that are not Kodesh, if they're not burnt on the Mizbeach, or if they don't require being within a vessel, then the vessel will not combine them. Very good. So we have a Deoraita uh, source for this. But we're going to challenge this Deoraita source. Mativ Rav Kahana. Hosif Rabbi Akiva hasolet vaketoret valebona vagechalim shim nagat vul yom bemixato pasal et kulo. This is the second half of a Mishnah in Masechet Ediot, where Rabbi Akiva adds to what his colleague already said, which we'll see in a second, um, adds that solet, uh, fine flour that's used as an offering, a mincha offering, ketoret, that's what we were just talking about, incense, levona frankincense, which is sometimes, which is uh, offered together with some mincha offerings, and the coals that you need to bring the ketoret, all these uh, are brought in a vessel. Uh, that holds them. And in all these cases, if someone, a tibul yom, someone who went to the mikveh, but uh, the sun did not set yet on him, uh, if he touches part of it, one side, one part of the particles that are in the vessel, all of it becomes pasul. Okay, so the Akiva says about all these things. 
And in this context, this context is all the Rabbanan. How do you know it's Rabbanan? The beginning of this Mishnah is Rabbi Shimon ben Betara says, Efer Khatat, the uh, ashes of a paraduma. If someone uh, touches, someone tameh touches part of it, uh, all of it becomes tameh. And this case has to be drabanan. Why? Because Efer Khatat is actually not offered on the Mizbeach even though it has a lot of stringencies, as we saw, it's like, you know, very susceptible. But nevertheless, for, the, nevertheless, for this purpose, since it's not offered on the Mizbeach, it's sprinkled on people. So this uh, law on the Doraita level does not apply that if someone touches part of it, it's as if it touches all. Only Midra Banan, the rabbi said, we want to add a Chumrah to Efer Chatat. If you touch part of it, then all of it. So since this is Dira Banan, and then the next part of the Mishnah says, Vekatani Hosif Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is adding to what Rabbi Shimon ben Betara said. He's adding more cases. But those cases that he's adding have to also be to the banan. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense to say that he's adding more to it. And so now we have a challenge. On the one hand, we just quoted a pasuk that proved that Kodesh that has to be in a vessel is the oraita. This law, touching part, to, uh, affects all. But here in this in this Mishnah, Rabbi Akiva mentions Ketoret, and it's in the context of things that are the banan. So what are we going to do with this? He's going to answer. So this list, although it's mentioning a whole bunch of things, is actually only needed for the mincha. The mincha was one of the items on the list, the solet, and it's talking about a case where. Uh, we, we have leftovers. So when you bring a mincha offering, you, put, you have to put it in a bowl and the, the kohen will take a, a fistful and, and that is offered on the, uh, on the altar. But the rest of it, the leftovers, the kohen eats on his, his own, on, on his own and the leftovers do no longer need to be in a bowl. And so that's what Rabbi Akiva was talking about when he said hosif and he's adding more cases that are dirabanan he was assuming that you must know that this uh, solid case was talking about the leftover, that although it does not need to be in a bowl and is not, that is not offered on the Mizbeach, nevertheless, we add this stringency that if someone touches part of it, it touches all of it. So on a Doraita level, if you need it to be in a vessel, then the vessel makes it all one. If it does not need to be in a vessel, the, then it, the vessel does not make it all one. And then, the rabbis came and said, even if it doesn't need a vessel like the leftover flour, uh, nevertheless, the rabbi is going to add that stringency if someone touches part, all of it becomes tameh. All right, good. So Rashi now explained at least one of the items on the list, tenach solet. But what about the other items on the list? Ketoret ulbona Rekiva also was adding ketoret and levona. So how you can explain those in the Rabbanan way? Amar Nachman, Amar Babar Abu, Kegon she sebaran al gabe kar tabla. Deoraita yesh lo toch umser mesaref en lo toch en lo mesaref. Vatu Rabbanan v'tikenu da'af al gav de en toch mesaref. Oh, we're talking about a case here. This is a big okimta <clears throat> uh, limitation uh, on this uh, on this um, uh, mishnah. 
but nevertheless, we're trying it out. Uh, so for example, I know you said you have to gather it in a bowl, but what if you don't use a bowl, instead you use a flat leather board? Um, so on the Deoraita level, um, only if it has, if it's a container that has an inside that you could put things in, then it combines it. But if not, it does not combine it. And so if you take ketoret or levona and put it in an in a actual bowl that has depth, then midoraita it will combine. But Rabbi Akiva is coming to add another case. What if I don't put it in a bowl, but rather on something flat? So on Doraita level, because it's flat, it does not uh, combine. But the rabbis came and they made a takana. Even in that case, on the Doraita level, if someone touches part, the whole thing will become tameh. And there you go. Now we solved that Mishnah. Okay, so all that uh, was arguing that the this law of touching part touch is affects all unconditionable is a Doraita law, because we saw a pasuk. Then that, this was the opinion of Rabbi Hanin. And now we see, and there's another opinion uh, because Rabbi Rabbi Hanin disagrees with Rabbi Chiyya. He said that um, our Mishnah is actually dependent on what Rabbi Akiva said. So Rabbi Akiva there in Eduyot gave this list of four items that we apply the rule of uh, part, uh, become touching part of it, uh, affects all of it on the Drabanan level. And there was a Drabanan. So in our case, that's talking about Kodesh, is also derived from there. That means our Mishnah is actually a Dirabanan law, not a Doraita law. Okay, what about the Pasuk that you brought before? So Rabbi Yochanan here uh, uh, would disagree with that, but with that Pasuk, and he would say, it's not an actual derivation. Um, it's a asmachta, and this whole law is Rabbanan. And so there, therefore, in this bottom line, uh, that, uh, that Mishnah makes is much easier to explain because the whole law is Rabbanan, so you don't have to go out of your way to explain uh, why you, why those cases have to be on a flat board or anything like that. All right, and so that's um, number seven, combining a vessel. One opinion says Doraita, and one opinion says the whole thing is Dorabanan. Okay, the next item on the, the list is that Teruma, this is a rule that you see in all, all over the place, uh, Teruma can become Tameh on the Shilishi level. So regular Chulin, okay, let's review, right? Um, people and vessels, can only become, uh, uh, can become Tameh up to a Sheni level. That's it, uh, no further, um, so a, a Sheni level. Chulin uh, also can become Tameh only to a Sheni level regular food. However, Teruma, since it's more holy, it's more susceptible, can become Tameh to a Shilishi level. Kodesh uh, can even, is the most, can even be uh, be come uh, tameh if it touches a shilishi and it can go to an AVE level. So you have to, you know, be careful this contact tracing, right? Uh, you know, how how many steps do you go? We want to know what's the source of this law. Uh, we're going to learn it from a kalvachomer. Hadavii pakodesh pasul tanya amarbi yoseh minayin ladavii bakodesh shu pasul. How do we know that when it comes to sacrificial meat? It can become tameh even on a fourth level. Dinhu ma mechusar kipurim shemutar bitruma pasul bakodesh shelishi she pasul bitruma enodin sheyaser vii la kodesh. Okay, not the easiest kavachomer. Um, it's talking about a mechusar kipurim. This is, for example, a zav 
who waited seven days and went to the mikveh, and uh, but he still didn't bring his sacrifices on the eighth day. So he's tamer, he's tahor for most purposes, but not everything. This mechusar kipurim is allowed to eat teruma, even though he didn't bring sacrifices yet. But pasuba kodesh, he cannot eat sacrificial meat until after he brings his sacrifices. So now that we know that law, that's assumed. Shilishi, uh, uh, something that is thir- third level tumah, is worse because it, it's pasul betiruma, right? It's a, a third level uh, tumah, a third level tiruma. That's a third level. Uh, third level is pasul. It can't go any further, but it is pasul itself. So therefore, you see that shilishi is more stringent than a mechusar kipurim. So all the more so, in parallel, it makes sense that a shilishi should go further and make revi'i, uh, a revi'i also tameh. In other words, if since a mechusar kipurim, who can eat, teru, who can eat teruma, cannot have kodesh, um, uh, and uh, 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 cannot have Kodesh. So uh, something that would is a Shilishi, a level of Tumah, which is no good, not good for Tirumah, all the more so, it will not, it will also make it a V.E. Pasul. Okay, there is a problem of Dayo. Generally, have a Kabachomed. When you know something that you learn from, you don't go an extra step. And you can see that she deals with it. Maybe this whole thing is only to the banan. All right. So that's the kavachomer velamanu shilishi la kodesh mina torah revi be kavachomer. And therefore, the fact that terumah becomes third level impure that we know from the torah. We'll see in a second. And then the fact that the kodesh is revi, we learn from that has to be an extra step, uh, more tame like mechusar kipurim. Shilishi la kodesh mina torah minayin. And how do you know that? Um, uh, that uh, the third level of impurity is from the Torah. Where do you even know that? Uh, that you'd have to use the Kabbalah Chomet to add an extra one. Right, Shilishi, not only for Torah, for Kodesh also is from the Torah. Uh, meat, sacrificial meat that touches anything Tameh cannot be eaten. Now, what do you mean by anything Tameh? Generally, regular food, called any food would be a sheni, the chulin food. And now this food that this sacrificial meat that touched it cannot be eaten. And so, in other words, it's uh, it's tameh. So there you go. That's a shilishi. And so hadamaran, and the kavachomer would take the shilishi and extend it even to the vi. And that is the source that the uh, uh, in regarding sacrificial meat can become tameh. All right, and next the next item on the list uh, is that um, uh, regarding Kodesh, if one hand becomes impure with hand impurity, which is a low-level drabanan impurity, because on the right level, it's your whole body or not, or nothing. Um, but if you have this low-level impurity on one hand, then if you're eating any Kodesh, you have to you have to cleanse both hands. Uh, whereas for tiruma, if one hand becomes tameh with hand impurity, it's okay. Just put it behind your back and use the other hand to touch tiruma, and that's a, that's just fine. But kodesh, we go an extra mile, right? Uh, well, let's see exactly what we're worried about. Uh, we're going to give two explanations. One is that 
maybe this only applies if the hands are touching each other while touching the Kodesh. Uh, in other words, let's say, you know, this hand is Tameh, and I'm holding on to the hand that was Tahor, and with the other fingers, I'm touching the Kodesh. The problem here is that they're very close together, and I'm worried that while I'm touching the Kodesh with my good hand, the other hand might come into contact with it also, because it's so close together. Um, uh, so that's the problem. The good hand itself really is not Tameh, um, but I'm worried if it's close together. Uh, but in the end, we're going to reject this and say, no, that's not the problem. The problem is actually that the, 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 the hand that is Tameh, if it touches the other hand, will actually transfer Tuma, even though usually hand, one hand does not transfer Tuma to another hand as a, if it's Sheni. Uh, or anything weaker. Uh, nevertheless, this is a special chumrah by Kodesh that one hand will transfer to another hand. Um, a difference would be, which we'll see is, what about if my hand that's tameh touches another person's hand? Will I also apply the same thing? Um, okay, so let's see how this works. Regarding tirumah, if one hand becomes impure, the other hand is fine, but not for Kodesh Amarav, she's B. We're talking about a case where the hands are actually touching each other. And that's why uh, if it's touching each other, then I'm afraid that the, the Tameh hand will be close by and will touch the Kodesh. But if they're not connect, if they're not touching, then the other hand's far away. Put it behind my back and then it's okay. I can even touch Kodesh. Uh, so this is a pretty much a, a nice leniency. Okay, but we challenge it. Iti we're going to change it from this following baraita. Yad neguba metamach haberta letame la kodesh, avalo litruma divre rebi. Rebi yose berebi yuda omer, lifsol avalo letame. Okay, it says one yad neguba, a dry hand. This is going to be important that it's dry. See, something that's wet, whenever you have something wet, it can actually take something that is a something that's a sheni that would make something a shilishi. If it touches something wet, the wetness uh, 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 rises up to become like a rishon, right? This is one case where uh, usually tumah goes lower and lower, lower and lower. The more uh, the next thing it touches, but liquid because we're afraid that of of, of uh, a spit from uh, zav whatever, um, uh, so liquid can actually raise it up and cause it to be a rishon. So if a hand is wet, then it's like, you know, for sure, that's the, the hand, uh, the, the, the water itself is going to be rishon and cause the other hand to be tameh. Um, but if it's dry, here's the chidush, even if the hand is dry, uh, one hand that touches the other hand, even if it's dry, will cause the other hand to be tameh. How tameh? The tameh la kodesh? But not teruma, meaning only a, uh, a fourth level, um, but not teruma, so not a third level. So, in other words, the dry hand will make the other hand cause a shelishi, the uh, tame la kodesh, right? It will cause something to kodesh to be a tame level, such that it also could make other to other kodesh tame. So that means it'll make the kodesh into a shelishi. But it doesn't affect Tirumah, because this whole Chumrah is only for Kodesh, not for Tirumah. So my one hand is Sheni, it will make the other hand like a Sheni, in that if it touches Kodesh, it will make the Kodesh a Shilishi. That's the B. He says, a little bit more lenient, that if one hand touches the other hand, it'll cause the other hand to be like a Shilishi, which will 
touch if it touches Kodesh, make that Kodesh a Revi'i. Lifsol means it's the uh, last last uh, stop on the train. It cannot make anything else Tameh. So that's fourth level. Avala Tameh, not Tameh, it would be third level. Okay, so we have a machloket here, whether one hand touching the other, that if that hand causes Kodesh to be third level or fourth level. Now, if you say that the whole law to begin with from the Mishnah is when they're not touching, then this whole law makes sense that it's, uh, there's a chidush that that has to be dry. But if you say that it's all, only talking about touching, then um, uh, when it's uh, then when it's not if you say that um, this whole law is only when it's touching, but if it's not touching, then no, then what is the chidush that it has to be dry? In other words, if you say that this law has to be when it's touching, then even if it's... um, If the law of the Mishnah only applies when the hands are touching... That means what I'm worried about is that the impure hand will actually touch the food directly. And so if, I, if, that's, if that's the worry, then it doesn't make a difference if that hand is wet or dry, because even a dry hand causes tum'ah to, to kodesh food. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's wet. And so therefore, Abaye saying a dry hand would make no difference. Uh, it would only make a difference if the worry of the Mishnah is even in a case where the hands are not touching uh, while the bad one is, uh, the good one is touching the food, right? In that case, what I'm worried about is that the Tameh hand will touch the Tahor hand, cause the Tahor hand to become Tameh, and then the ta- that, that, uh, that good hand will touch the Kodesh separately while the other hand is behind my back and cause Tum'ah. So that's why, um, uh, that, in that case, I would be worried about one hand causing the other hand to be Tameh. Now, in that case, if it's uh, wet, well, then of course, one uh, the wetness will cause Tum'ah to transfer to the other hand. The Chidush of Abaye would only be if it's a dry hand, and the dry hand, because even a dry hand, in this case, causes the other hand to become Tameh, and then that hand, if touches the Kodesh, will cause the Kodesh to be Tameh. So you see, Abaye must be, this Baraita rather, must be assuming that the hands are actually separate at the time that the originally good hand touches the uh, Kodesh. And so therefore, this is a proof that, in fact, the hands need not be touching. And even if one hand was Tameh, we're worried that it caused, it touched the other hand, caused the other hand to be Tameh, which is a Chidush, that it's an extra Chumrah, that even one hand will make the other hand Tameh, even if it's a Sheni, and that hand will go ahead and touch the food. Um, and therefore, we, um, we, that's what we conclude, even if the hands are not touching. Good. And now we're going to deal with um, a similar case of touching a friend's hand. says that we're only worried if one hand is Tameh, um, then your other hand, you have to dip both of them uh, because maybe you touched, uh, 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 maybe they touched each other and caused Tumah. But your friend's hand, that's out of the picture. You don't have to worry about that. Says, even if my one hand touched my friend's hand, if it was in fact that hand that was Tameh, that's Beotahayad, 
then that will cause it to be pasul, meaning fourth level, but not letameh, meaning not shilishi. It will cause Kodesh to be arvi'i. Okay, mimai, and has Yochanan know this, mitiketani sefa, shayad metameacha vertala Kodesh, avalo litruma. If I show you back, come, come back to the Mishnah for a second. Um, that, that Mishnah that we were, we're talking about this whole time uh, says, Regarding to the ma, if one hand becomes to me, the other hand is fine. Right? Regarding Kodesh, I have to dip both of them. And now, and then it adds an extra line because hands make uh, the other hand regarding Kodesh, but not for Tiruma. Why do you have to add this extra line? What is it doing here? It's like, I already said that. Uh, so what's this extra line for? That's what he's deriving. We're kind of treating the Mishnah like a pasuk as extra words. What is it for? Um, sefa has extra line. Why do you have to tell me that again? You already told me that in the first line. This extra line is coming to teach me that even if my tame uh, hand touched my friend's hand, and normally a uh, hand does not make another hand tame, sheni does not make a person tame. Nevertheless, regarding kodesh, I'm going to apply this chumra. If my friend touches Kodesh, that's going to be a problem. Okay, and then, after he said this, Reshakish changed his mind and said, you're right, Rabbi Yochanan. Because Reshakish is quoted later on saying that if uh, my Tameh hand touches my friend's hand, then he has to make sure to uh, purify it before touching um, uh, Kodesh. Otherwise, it will make it pas- Kodesh Pasul, meaning fourth degree, but not the, but not, uh, uh, but not Litame, um, not, not third degree. Um, the Kodesh to be fourth degree, it will not cause the Kodesh to be third degree. Okay. Now, this point here that Rishakish and Rabbi Yochanan said that a Tameh hand causes the Kodesh to be only fourth degree, but not third degree, is actually a machloket tanaim. We think. Biyoshua says, anything that causes tiruma uh, to be pasul, meaning uh, if it's a sheni, it will cause tiruma uh, to be pasul, uh, will also cause the other hand to be a sheni. Um, and one hand can make the other tameh. Uh, uh, so in other words, we're treating it like a sheni, hands like a sheni that will cause a shilishi. Um, okay. Hachamim saying, no, it doesn't. One hand does not cause another to become tameh uh, uh, if it's chulin. So he says, nothing, zero transfer regarding chulin. Now, what would that mean? So he's, and he's disagreeing. So what's the implication of Chachamim? He's not clear. So maybe what he means is that the hand will not make the other hand a Sheni, but maybe it will make it a Shilishi, such that that second hand will cause Kodesh to become a Revi'i. And this, according to that, this is a Machloket, that the Rabbi Yoshua says uh, the second hand causes Shilishi, uh, Chachamim say the second hand only causes Revi'i. Uh, and that Revi'i, that would be the uh, Chachamim would fit with Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi above. 
Is that a good implication? And we say, no. No, maybe when Chamim say, one hand does not make the other Tameh to be a Sheni, he meant not Sheni, not Shilishi, right? And not, not anything, according to Chachamim. So we don't know what exactly what Chachamim say here. So we cannot say it's a Machloket Tanaim between Rabbi Yoshua and Chachamim. But we can go back to the Braita we saw earlier and see that there the machloket does apply. Rabbi said that a dry hand that touches another uh, dry hand uh, will cause a Kodesh to be Tameh. Tameh means third degree because that Kodesh can still touch something else. Uh, but this the whole thing does not apply to Tiromah. No, the second hand will cause Kodesh to be Pasul, fourth degree, but not Tameh. So you see here, that's the Machloket. Is it cause third degree or fourth degree? So yes, it is in fact the Machloket. We don't know what Chachamim say, but um, it's a Machloket between uh, the Rabbi uh, and Rabbi Yoseh. All right, so that uh, takes care of the ninth um, uh, difference. And now the 10th one is that dry foods, which normally if something is a dry food um, and was never wet, it's not, um, it's not susceptible to receiving tum'ah. Nevertheless, a dry food with unwashed hands is okay for tidumah. I can eat, I can touch uh, tidumah that was dry and never wet with unwashed hands and uh, will not transfer tum'ah, but not for Kodesh. For Kodesh, even if it's dry, it's no good. Uh, we're going uh, to see that we're going to extend this because this is an obvious law and we're going to extend it to another law, even if it, even if he didn't actually touch the Kodesh at all, it's still no good. So let's see. Ochlim, ochlim, One can eat dry food with unwashed hands for tum'ah, but not for Kodesh. Tanya. Hold on. Is there such a thing as dry food regarding Kodesh? We have another law that because of the love of sacrifice of, of sacrifices, um, it doesn't have to be rendered fit. Uh, that sacrificial meat, even if it's dry and never became wet, is already susceptible to impurity. Right, I don't have to do anything for it to be ready because it's so uh, it's so uh, revered, it's so beloved. Okay, so therefore, this whole category does not apply. Of course, if it's even if it's dry food and it's kodesh, then it's uh, I can't touch it because we already know that uh, dry uh, even that we already know that dry sacrifices are already susceptible and don't need to become wet. So what is this means not teaching us? Must be teaching us something else. It's teaching another interest, very interesting case. Let's say I didn't touch the Kodesh at all. My friend, who's taholi, totally tahor, he placed it in my mouth for me. Or maybe I placed it in my mouth without touching it. Uh, if I used a spindle or a whorl, like a toothpick, something that doesn't become tameh anyway. And so in this case, I didn't touch it at all. Here's the problem. But now that I'm eating the sacrificial meat, I want to put it in my mouth at the same time, a radish or onion to make it taste good. And that radish or onion are chulin. And chulin 
uh, let's say the chulin uh, did not become wet, and, and now I'm touching it with an unwashed hand. So normally that would be okay to eat chulin that uh, with an unwashed hand that didn't become wet because um, it's not susceptible to tumah. So here, la kodesh gazru bahura banan if it's Kodesh, then even this case would be no good, the rabbis will decree, because maybe inadvertently um, with my unwashed hands, as I'm stuffing the onion in my mouth, I might also touch the sacri- sacrificial food with this impure hand, and that will cause Tumah to the, to the other food. I worry about that regarding Kodesh. But for Tumah, that we didn't uh, go to such an extent and uh, and make a uh, that gezera. All right, and last case, ha'onen u'mechusar kipurim. We mentioned that someone who uh, lost a relative on that very day before the burial is called onen, and we're talking about a case where the onen did not participate in the burial. He did not become tameh. He didn't come close to the body, and so the onen is allowed to eat teruma even while he's onen, and afterwards, he doesn't have to go to the mikveh, he can eat tzedumah, but he cannot eat kodesh, he cannot eat kodesh while he's onen at all, and after the burial, he has to go to a mikveh before he can eat kodesh. And the same chumraz regarding mechusar kipurim, someone who's a zav, and he went to the mikveh on the seventh day and just didn't bring his sacrifices yet, he can eat tzedumah, but cannot eat kodesh, um, uh, yet he has to immerse himself again. Okay, my tama. The question is why? Why does he have to go and immerse himself again? He didn't. He didn't. They didn't become tameh. All right. They are both being careful to be tahor. And the answer is because during that time period they were prohibited from eating sacrificial meat because they knew in the back of their mind or the front of their mind that. I don't. I can't eat sacrificial meat now anyway. So they weren't as careful as they would be if it was someone who could eat sacrificial meat at any time. So someone who's ready to eat sacrificial meat is going to go around and make sure he's not touching anything. And you can't compare that uh, diligence uh, to someone who right now cannot eat sacrificial meat, even though he knows in the future he can. And therefore, since he was not as careful during that time period, the rabbi said, you better go and immerse yourself in the mikveh once again. So uh, now that now you will be ready and that uh, stringency applies to Kodesh, but not for Tirumah. And now we concluded uh, this uh, list of 11 differences between Kodesh and Tirumah. Baruch Adonai Amen.